Start the show. All right, yeah, we're going to do the intro Christ. right now. We're going to do the intro. Can we fucking want a show for Christ? Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine, dude. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be great. Pips and card shots, Steve Smurdy was with hard luck. Your brother, basically hard luck. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's a Hard Luck Show coming at you from the city of Santa Monica, Pico Youth Center. Sitting across from me is my brother, my red brother. Oh, shit, I don't. No, I, no I'm not feeling that. I thought it was something else. How about this? How about this? All right, here we go. It's it's Chumahan, Bowen, American Indian, Southern California, and Elegant Barbarian here on the podcast once again. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Still nobody fucking with me. Yeah. Do his ball like niggas stuck in the bubble with me. Yeah. Smart, I'm the grand wizard. You want no parts. You a scarecrow. That sounds awesome because we have the audio genius. Oh, genius. Yeah, money. Yo, Rockin', what's up? Yo, I'm doing Yeah, Rockin'. Hey, Rockin'. What's up? Money. Hey, brother. Hey, man. Hey. Hey, what's Hey. Hey, Turkey. It's Sean Lewis. Certified audio professional. Get off my back, sucker. Rush Town Manager. Check this out. Since we're talking over the DDB right here. No, you're on the wrong track. Engineer for the Harvard Club. No, see, see, you're on the wrong track. I'm on the wrong track. All right, get out of the way. But we don't need no Bruce, Bruce. And Big Pick <laughs> Mike Big in Pick the Mike. house. Hey, what's up, y'all? Yeah, man. Scott, man. Do it, man. Play that shit. Let me style, dog. Let me style, Big Pick Mike. Shout out to all y'all. Mad love. Yeah. Yeah. And today. We yes. got a guest on. I've been hey, trying to get hey, on for a on. while. Uh, Coming out of the city of Long Beach. Dino the Hood Santa. Welcome to the show, Dino. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You guys all have your own song? Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. So do you. And now you do too. Thank you. Santa Claus, man. Thank you. Santa. I was ready to start dancing. I thought I was at a club, not a podcast. Yeah, dude. That's why we have the cardboard on the ground right now. So you can start fucking breakdancing. Linoleum in the closet. Yeah. Come on. Listen, you guys, if you're listening right now, man, there is a gentleman that's out there in the community, a real community leader, a guy that's making a difference i follow this guy on instagram at hood santa right correct yeah man thank you and this is uh my friend tito man who is doing fucking and i excuse my french no amazing amazing work like real work that counts man with every sector of the community from whether it be vendors whether it be mothers and single moms and women whether it be kids um underprivileged it doesn't matter man this guy finds a way 
to give back to our communities and help the people that need it the most. And I'm just so excited to have you on the show, man. Thank you and welcome here, bro. Yeah, welcome, yeah, thank bro. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Man, that was a big intro. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Yeah. That was rad. Yeah, Shit, it's yeah. all real. Yeah, man. You know, I I, uh, I I come from the music world. You know, that's where I started. You do? Yeah, I produced some of the East Siders, some Snoop, Nate Dogg. Did a you? A bunch of big artists. Yeah, I grew up in Long Beach, born and raised. Right. Damn, he- Long Beach, Long Beach, Long Beach. <laughs> so, dude, so that I, you know, I, I, yeah, I, then I, then I, uh, you know, I'm married. I got uh, two kids, uh, boy and girl. What is yeah, it? Yeah, I got a, a 25 year old son, Daniel. I Get love very the fuck much. I got a 19 year old daughter, Mia, who's uh, going to UCI. Congratulations. Uh, hey, thank Congratulations. you. Thank you. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. What is she studying uh, at UCI? Uh, she wants to be an FBI. Get the oh, fuck yes, out of Yes, yes. Well, you yeah, know, all she, good, all good. I yeah, got, I got good. a fucking whole thing on the Rico Act, so yeah, if she's got any yeah, questions, have yeah. her hit me up. Okay. I can tell I'll her. have her question you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you no, go. No. But, hey, she has questions, not interrogation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I took that on very serious. Is when I was six years old, my dad committed suicide on Christmas Eve oh, in front man. of all of us, so... Not wait, growing wait, wait, up whoa. with a... What? A, yeah, not whoa. growing up with a father uh, was very... Uh, it's different, you know. A lot of us don't have fathers in our homes, so no, so, but so I'm not crying, right? But what I'm saying is that I took on that, uh, I took on that uh, serious, knowing that uh, you know you got every kid is like one adult away from being great, so why not be that adult to all you know all the kids, especially your own? So I, and I'm talking from experience because you know. I was a break dancer when I was a kid and, and I was a ripper, you know, I like I was one of the best break dancers in Long Beach as a little kid. OK, so like, you know, you know, the cute little kid that's breaking at all the gangster parties. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. that kid. I would go to the essay parties and then from there battle all them and then go to the black parties. Hey, cuz, hey, cuz, hey, low battle all them go to the Samoan parties. And then, you know, that was early 80s, you know, and then. Um, uh, after that, after there you go. Is that yeah, it? That was you still it. got some moves. You got it. some moves. Yeah, I, well, I was a b boy. I wasn't a popper, but I got a little. Come on, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm my hip might give out. You know. Yeah, flares in the yeah. centipede. Yep. 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 So, so I, I started. That's how I kind of was able to figure out how to get along with so many people because right. uh, right. a lot of us in the community are one track mind or oh you only got one people you deal with mm-hmm. and uh that taught me how to how to maneuver and how to uh what's the word mix in fit in with everybody sure. and give sure. everybody a chance and learn how to compromise everything doesn't have to be your way you know give a little get a little and that got me so many passes in my community i could walk through the crib neighborhood and be like hey little tito what are you doing get out of here the essays are running around and then i would just be walking i had just left the essay neighborhood they'd be like hey hey little tito get out of here you know the crips are running around or i would pass by the samoans hey little tito what are you doing over here get out of here because before they all started going to war i was in their backyard breaking right? yeah i was a little kid you know so i uh i i did that forever and my brother was like my mentor my brother was older than me when my dad killed himself, my my brother took on the responsibility. This guy's eating a salad line. Yeah, this guy's the up. man yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah, you know? yeah, he don't play. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell me about what happened to your family. I'm sorry to hear that. Hold on. Let me take a bite. Let me take a bite. This is a sad story. Oh, hold on. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, my brother took on the responsibility of stepping up and raising uh, us, you know. And um, so my brother would put me into different things. He went and saw breaking at a club. And said, yeah. yo, bro, come. I seen these guys spinning on their head. Next thing you know, I was like, 
my brother, I call him Sergeant Slaughter because he had me just going and going because I didn't have a dad, so he was mm -hmm. on my head, you know? Yeah. And we grew up in the hood. For, for those who are too young yeah. now that are listening, yeah. who is Sergeant Sergeant Slaughter, Slaughter was a, a W, it's not WWE, but it was WWF yeah. back in the days. Right. Yeah. And he would come out in a military outfit and give orders to the wrestlers, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, yeah, that was Weird. my brother back in the days. So he, he said, you know, you're going to break dance. And, uh, you know, you're too smart to be in the gang. Only dummies do that. And he would kind of beat that in my head. Mm -hmm. And then I became pretty good at breaking. And then uh, uh, then I started playing tackle football. I was the only Mexican kid on Long Beach Poly football. I don't know if you guys know about Long Beach Poly football. And mm -hmm. I was the fastest kid on the team. And uh, going back to what I was talking about, uh, my dad is, uh, you know, when you don't have any support. I was walking by myself to those football practices as like a nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, mm -hmm. and walk him right back, you know. And if I had a dad, well, it's just ifs. But, you know, we always talk, me and my brother, and I say, you know, I don't think it affected me the way it affected you because you were a little bit older, right? So mm -hmm. you had more of a relationship with my dad. I was only six, and I don't really have that kind of memory or that kind of connection that I had. To, and he said, well, that's wrong, bro, because imagine if you had a dad, what you would have been doing because everything you did, you were the best at. You know, you played football, mm. you skateboarded, you, you could have been a pro, you could have, you know, you could have, uh, you break dancing. Dude, I don't know if you guys don't know who Tony A the Wizard is. He has a podcast too, right? Yeah. Okay, so Tony A's mom used to sell at the swap meet, uh, Vermont, Rhodium swap meet, and my mom used to sell at the swap meet next to her. His mom's name was Doña Armila. So Tony brother, Tony's brother <clears throat> was a, a security guard at a, at a club called uh, Grand Central Station in Long Beach. And Tony was like my brother's age, 18, 19. And the brother was a security, Mario, the older brother. Mm. So they used to sneak me into the back while, while Tony was DJing and let me battle the grownups. I was like a seven, eight-year-old. Let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask yeah, you this. Yeah, it was sick. <clears throat> let's, let's go back to yeah. some, something real quick. Then. Yeah. So you're having discussions with your brother. Yeah. You're known as uh, Hood Santa. That's your Now. Name. Yeah. I was known as Z-Rock back then. Right, because yeah. Hood Santa's not a good breakdancing name. No, I that would have been whack. No, no, no. <laughs> but you got the name now. And this thing is, this, this, this tragic event, if you want to call it that, yeah. right? But also an important event in your life, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Happened around Christmas or on yeah, Christmas. Yeah, So I kind of would like to go back because I feel like your brother and you are dialoguing with each other about how did this, how did this impact you? And right. you're taking what is, I think, a very healthy approach, or at least it seems like a healthy approach, which is like, well, I don't know, man, because I didn't have the relationship right. necessarily. Mm -hmm. And he's telling you, well, you're saying that, but actually you this, this, and this. Did you guys do like therapy and a lot of inner work to try Dude, to Dude, in the grips? 80s, there was no therapy, bro. You know, there was no, there was no therapy. It was more, uh, you know, just family. You get together and... I don't even really remember talking about it. You know, it was kind of like when my dad did that, I remember my aunts, which were his sisters coming to cover me in a blanket and take me out of the house. Cause my dad was, was there, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that's just a couple little memories, but no, 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 it, we didn't have any of that, bro. Especially Mexican families, you know, right. go to therapy. They culture, still aren't going culture. to therapy. Dude, right. dude yeah, I got ran going. over by a, like a 78 Broham Coopdeville, the four door one. <laughs> boom, boom, flipped over. So before I jump into that, I used to, there was a, in Long Beach, there was a, a soccer field. It was called El Hoyo, right? It was on uh, Walnut and PCH. The hole. Yeah, El Hoyo, the hole. Right. So just imagine a big old dirt hole, right? Yeah. So all the paisas would go play soccer there. But when it rained, bro, it would turn into like 
a lake. Yes. So I would go in there in a little bucket and like paddle through it and catch frogs. So I had warts on my fingers. I was just, yeah. So, so I had warts. So my mom, there you go back to therapy. Mex- this is real Mexican therapy. It's right here. My mom used to be like, Oh, we need to take it off. She would cut it, burn it. Let's burn an onion. And just, ah! <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that keep coming back. <laughs> right. So dude, when I got hit by that Cadillac, boom, I hit the windshield. Boom, 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 flipped over. Bam, landed, and I guess my thumb hit the floor. So the first thing I did was look at my thumb and was like, yes, my wart's gone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So walk in the house. Mom, I got hit by a Cadillac. Go to sleep. You'll be all <laughs> <laughs> Walk it off. Right, right. Wait, son, you got a concussion? Go to sleep. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Right. Straight up, dude. I, it's true because my wife's going to Marlin. And, okay. And so, right, like, I've done a ton of therapy. Yeah. I come from a real fucked up background, too. Yeah. But the thing is, is, like, not that yours is. I'm just, just Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good. no disrespect. Yeah. Uh, disrespect. Yeah, all good. All right. But the thing is, is I, do, I talk to all of them. I'm like, do you ever think about going to therapy? And they're yeah. like, why? You calling me crazy? Like, it turns <laughs> yeah, into yeah, a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, shrink? Well, yeah. You want me to go to a shrink? I don't need that fucking You're shrink. You're crazy. Not me. There you go. Exactly right. Yeah, that's. That's uh, that's the the Hispanic Latino culture, you know. Right. Like, what okay. are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'm fine. Well, you're walking around with a machete in your back pocket. That ain't normal. Right. Says who? <laughs> <laughs> right. Show me who said that. <laughs> right. So so okay. So you're popping in like, and then how does that trans translate into music, or how do you move so, into music? So I grew up with Goldie Loke, who's a member of the East Siders. Okay. Goldie Loke. Yeah, it was Trey. That's a it damn was, it was cool Snoop, name. Snoop, Trey D, and Goldie created the East Siders, right? It was Snoop presents the East Siders, and that was the group. Mm. I grew up with Goldie since we were like four or five, uh, and so on, right? So then uh, when my dad ha- that happened, my dad, I moved out. But like a typical Mexican, you just move down the street. You stay on one street, but you just move <laughs> up the street, right? Know? So I grew up on Fifteenth and Wanda, and then we moved to Fifteenth and Wanda Peril, which was like four blocks away. So we would see each other here and there. Yeah. And then one day we were skating. I was skating. Uh, and then he, we ran into each other. And he said, hey, nut. He used to call me nut. Nut. Yeah. Hey, I'm rapping. I said, what? Well, check it out, bro. I'm doing beats now. He said, oh, you got to come through. You got to come through. Let, let's do something. So I, I went to his house and uh, uh, we started making beats. And we were just kind of kids. We didn't. Nobody thought it was real. You know, it was like we're having fun. And then we made our very first song, which was uh, uh, I sampled Cameo. You know, she's strange. Mm-hmm. Yep. Doom, do doom, doom, do doom, doom, do doom, doom, do doom, doom. Right. So I sampled that, yeah. and then we did a song about five uh, twenties, which is tires that yep. that go on Dayton's. Right. Right. So when we did that song, he took it back to his house, which was our neighborhood. There you go. Watch this loop. So I took that. Right here, when it comes in. Here's Z-Rock right now. He's right got here. warts on his thumb. Yep. He's mixing. Right here. When this oh. when this piece goes out, right here, right here. Here we go. Right here. When the bass line comes in. So I take this piece right here. So I took that. Dude, you still have the spirit, bro. Yeah, yeah. so I took you that. You see him just light <laughs> up? He's oh, yeah. like, ah! Yeah. Right? Yeah. The wind pop right next yeah. to me yeah. when we did that. Yeah, so we made that, and then... Uh, didn't know what we were doing, you know, and he sure. took it back to the to the to this garage, and I walked in the garage and they were all playing it, you know. And I was like, in I was like, damn, we have something, like we just made this in my house like yesterday, you know. And everybody's like, y'all, this is a banger, hey, cuz, hey, Loki, you know? <laughs> hey, cuz, this is a banger, you know. So, uh, 
So right then and there, we kind of were like, well, let's make more, you know, right. let's make more. And, and uh, it just, it, it, it trickled on from that and just started working, doing more. And then uh, 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 Snoop ended up signing them and then Snoop used some of my music. Even some of my music came out on The Hustler. Remember when Hustler put out that rap porn video where Snoop was walking in? <laughs> you guys remember that? I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I remember that. So, so uh, it was a song called uh, Top Dog. It was it was called Dog Houses with Rapping Forte and the Twins. Rapping yeah. yeah. Forte. It says, uh, we got Snoop Dogg in the house tonight with the homeboy Trey D. Waniac, Trip, Loken, Goldie, Forte from the Bay. What you say? Doo-doom, doom, 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 I follow Trey D, bro. Yeah. So that was that was a song, but that was also used on the Eastsiders album. So yeah, man, I made music. Uh, uh, never in a million years thought it was uh, something that was gonna uh, help me create a bunch of cool friends that I have now. Because mm -hmm. you know you're you're in that world and you're kind of just going. You know you got that tunnel vision. You, know, you got those blinders on, but also that world can eat you up and kind of darken you you know sure so what did, parts what parts of that world generally let's say right well dark, for, well dark can darken somebody oh man for me it was uh it was uh i'm mexican okay mm. so i was like a ghost in that world to them like they would uh, walk in they would walk into a studio and walk by and shake everybody's hands but mine and they'd be like hey cuz who made this beat <laughs> loke this beat is a slapper, cuz you know, and they <laughs> they shake everybody else's hand, and I was like, I was irrelevant. And then somebody Goldie would be like, the homie did, cuz nut. And then they would look at me like I was an alien or something like, wow. whoa, you could yeah. do that? Like, hello, I was only the best break dancer here. I've done beat all of you guys. You breaking. ever heard of Z Rock, motherfucker? You heard of Z Rock? Exactly. The name rings loud. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was one thing that that started bothering me a little bit. A little bit. I hear know? that. We hear that a lot from different musicians yeah. that are in the Chicano community yeah. or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Right? Yeah. I was really entrenched in it, though. I was in, in there, bro. Mm -hmm. I was in there with the top dogs, you know? I was and you're there. also in, like, the black hip-hop you know, yeah. movement. So. Yeah. I was in there with... with I, dude, I got about 10 million albums sold under my belt. Fuck. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot, you know? So, like, I was in the, in the mix of it. I was... They would be playing beats. I'm not going to drop other producers' names. Mm -hmm. and they would be playing beats for them, uh, that you know, because there'd be tons of producers there, you know, right? And they'd be like, "Play nuts, cuh. <laughs> you know. I mean, you can admit it, it was then, it was Quincy Jones, isn't that correct? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, they they a lot of it. Some of them start getting jealous, you know. You could feel it. And then one time, one of the probably the gnarliest stories that happened to me was. Um, was uh, you know uh, C night from the Dub Shack summertime in the LBC. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Goldie had signed to uh, a label called OGs to Wall Street, which was like I'm an OG now. I'm in a Wall Street situation. I'm gonna right. sign these rappers. Right. And back in the late '90s, early 2000s, all the record labels were ran by dope dealers. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody had a Escalade and a big chain. Everybody thought right. that. So, so he had signed. He had signed a lot of those groups from Long Beach. Right. So uh, I guess C night. I was we were working at Audio X and Burbank, and I was producing for Goldie and Snoop's little brothers and all the groups that were in that in that circle that he had signed. And one day C night comes into the studio and he's like he's mad at them. He's like, Yo, what's he doing here? What's he doing in here? And uh, Ellis, rest in peace, Goldie's uh, older brother was a big dude, and he was like a brother. Of mine. I grew up with him my whole life, and he was like, Why are you tripping on him? 
And he was like, well, some Mexican stabbed me, you know? So he tried to turn it racial, you know? Well, yeah, what's that got to do with you? That's, that's what I said. I said, well, what's that got to do with me, bro? Like, I didn't stab you. Imagine if the shoe was yeah. on the other foot and you were acting that way. Right? So then uh, they, they made him leave. Sag, uh, uh, rest in peace, Ellis Sag. Uh, so, hey, bro, he's in here working, bro. What's that got to do? He ain't even a gang member. Right. What's that got to do with anything? Right. Right? So so that was that was another part that was kind of like, like, damn, I'm in here having fun. I'm in here trying to do something cool. I, I never even thought about the money. I was like, we were having so much fun and like, I loved it. You know, I was in there creating and just getting away from everyday life. And it's, it's a beautiful place to be at. Like this, right? When you guys yeah. come here, everything's out the door, all the pressures, all, everything that you're thinking about leaves. You're here, you're cruising on this, you're concentrating on this, right? You, so, you I mean, you strike me as a dude that isn't really thinking about the money, that you actually are having a good time. I am, dude, to this day. Fuck yeah. To this day. So that dude... Steve used to be like, he, dude, he would come into the studio and hand 10, 15,000 like it was candy, bro. And he would come up, he would call me Psycho Drum. I don't know why, because he would see me on the drum machine, pop, 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 <laughs> just going, and he would be like, you Psycho Drum, you Psycho, whatever. I didn't even care, right? So he would come in and hand money, and he would try to give me money. I'd be like, no, bro, I don't want no money. And it was because my brother put in my head since I was a kid. Nothing's free in this world. Well, that's true. So I, that always stuck. That always stuck yep. with me. Yeah. While everybody was doing this, while everybody yeah. was saying, "Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me thousands, bro." I, I seen him, bro. One time he walked into my apartment when me and Goldie were working on a song. He walked in with half a million dollars, bro. He walked in with half a million dollars, pulled it out in front of me and Goldie. I looked at Goldie like, "What? Like what? Like?" How do we get rid of this guy? <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, I didn't. But you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I was tripping yeah. like, what? Yeah. And then he was like, here, Goldie, here's 10 G's. And I'm going to give this guy 10. And, oh, you guys going to be straight. Make a long story short, he was a dope dealer taking dope uh, to Hawaii and he got busted. Okay? Right. But 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 the most important thing I think out of this is to ask, how does a guy carry half a million dollars? Like, is it in a satchel? Is it like the movies? No, he came in with a briefcase. And then so he goes, so he just walks in and he's like, listen, gentlemen. No. What's he do? He just walks in. He's like, hey, what's up, Goldie? They're just clowning around. He's like, yeah, I'm going to give you some money. And he opens up the suitcase. like, oh, it's like a half a million dollars in here. Here's 10 Gs. And I'm looking at Goldie. He's looking at me like. <laughs> I'm like, and you know, and I'm here. I am selling beats to other rappers that yeah. ain't part of that for 50 bucks, 60 bucks, you know? Right. Because I didn't, I didn't look at it like that. I was like, man, these guys are trying to come up. And I got a little bit of talent and they like it. Yeah, just give me 50 bucks, you know? Most people think that when Snoop Dogg co-signs you yeah. or signs you up that it's smooth sailing after that. No. Snoop Dogg blackballed me. No shit. Yes, Snoop Dogg blackballed me. I had to sue Snoop Dogg. You did? Yes. I had to sue Masterpiece, Snoop Dogg, Priority Records, uh, Eastsiders, and so on, bro. What was the... What was? They didn't the, want to pay me. I... Right. As a lot of music people don't want to pay the mm -hmm. people, right? Okay. Right. But in terms of the t the lawsuit, do you recall what your lawyer filed? Like what kind of lawsuit? So so how so the only way to be protected uh and and thank God once again from my brother, right? Yeah. Just a young kid making music. He's not heavy. And uh he he's said, "Bro, you guys are doing some good music, bro." You know, he's like, "You guys are doing some good music." And Wheezy, you guys know Wheezy? Juan? I don't. You know him. He knows him. Weezy you know, Juan. Big Juan. Juan. Yeah, Big yeah, Juan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. Juan used to have a CD, a seat, couple CD shops. Yep. And uh, uh, he started putting some of Goldie's music on his mix CDs. Mm -hmm. And he had a couple songs that he put with, with Snoop. 
And my brother was like, yo, bro, you did a lot of songs for Kiwan, Goldie. Mm -hmm. Like, you should get your stuff trademarked, you know? So we looked up how to do it. It's a PA form, mm -hmm. Performing Arts, yep. an SR form, Sound Recording form. So all the music that I did with Goldie, I sent it to get trademarked. Nice. Right? So so what ended up happening, Snoop dropped an album with my beat on there without telling me. Well, And then I tried to work it out, and they kept saying, oh, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you. And that happened for like maybe eight, nine months. And I was like, I had just had a son, a two-year-old son. And right. I'm like, dude, I just want what's mine. You know, right. so I hired I hired uh, I hired uh, Stephen Lowe, which was Tupac's attorney, and uh, he said, "Oh, bro, this is a home run case. Easy peasy. Nothing they could do. This is your music. It's nice. The government says this is your music. So then I approached Snoop. We we got into litigation, and uh, you know, they didn't want to pay, bro. They were like, "We're gonna do this for you. We're gonna do that for you." And by the time. <laughs> We had what's uh, what's a deposition? We had Snoop come to a deposition. Wait, wait, wait! Slow down, slow down. All right, <laughs> go for it. So you had so Snoop was being deposed. Yes, yeah. And so when Snoop gets deposed, and I was going to Snoop's house while I was suing him. So when Snoop is being deposed, crazy. Right? <laughs> crazy dog. So when crazy. Snoop is being deposed, right? And yeah. obviously it's going to be video recorded and transcribed yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. good stuff, yeah. right? Does he come in with lots of bitches and, and no, weed, no. or does Snoop, he come in like a regular person? No, nah, Snoop. That? Snoop came in cool. Snoop's a charismatic dude. Snoop could get talk. Snoop could talk to a game around anything and anybody, bro. He's one of them dudes that just, yeah. gets, you know. So you know, it was hey, how'd you get the beat? Well, I got it from Goldie. What do you mean? Well, yeah, he brought it to me. I rapped on it, and then they said, all right, let's go off the record because me and Snoop had conversation. He's like, no, let me holler at you in the bathroom. All right, cool. I go in the bathroom. I say, come on, dog. Like, like just give me what's mine, bro. Just give me the sales. Nothing more than that. Just, right. What's just the what's problem? mine. Right. Just what's mine. I'm not asking for nothing. And he said, uh, you know, uh, where's your studio at? I said, man, my studio burned. I didn't want to talk about music. I was just kind of over it because they had been giving me the runaround for years, bro. That's the bad thing about all this stuff is they can just play games and they got endless money, and they could just throw things to sabotage this, sabotage that. Right. They got powerhouse attorneys, you know? So uh, he's like, well, let's do this. Let me give you 10 Gs, and uh, and I'm going to get you a new studio. I said, come on, Snoop, bro. I owe my attorney 90 grand, homie. That's where the ticket was at. Yeah. And he told me, oh, I'll take care of that. So I said, you're going to take care of him with 90? You're going to give me 10? I said, come on, bro. That ain't cool. That ain't right. And then he says, well, check this out. Whoever sues me ain't never going to make it in the music game. He told me that to my face. Man. Right? So I was just like, all right, cool. I'm in too deep, and it is what it is. You know? I was like, all right, cool, whatever. But, yeah, back in those days, you could blackball. We didn't have social media. Right. It's impossible now, you know? How did it resolve itself when you took the Pepsi, when Snoop put the Pepsi challenge? And you, you guys like know Black Tone? You never heard of Black Tone? I heard of him. Okay, so Black Tone, uh, he's my homie, right? And yeah. he used to have, he used to sign, uh, he had DJ Quick, Sugar Free, Mossberg. I know all them dudes. Okay, yeah, so that was my homie. That was my good boy. Uh, and uh, he was like, you want me to get your money? You want me to get your money? They're going to keep playing with you. I know all these attorneys do it. They, you know, they, they just throw stuff out there. They they look at you like you ain't nothing. Mm. And I'm like, nah, man, I, I want to do it cool. I want to I want to do it the right way, Tone. I don't want no problems, you know. Right. I'm going to get my money. It might take 10 years at this rate, but 
I'll get it someday. He's like, man, I can get it for you tomorrow. So I went and met with Snoop's attorneys, and they were laughing at me, you know? They were like, oh, all right, cool, cool. We're going to, yeah, sure, all right, yeah, okay, cool. Send it over. But they were, they were like, poking, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, good luck, yeah, sure, because they have right. a whole, you know, they have a whole floor full of a hundred attorneys you know their whole so, job is to fuck with you yeah so when i came home i said man let me call tone i said hey tone you want to be my manager wink wink you know yeah <laughs> and, and uh he said i told you he said yeah i set up to have your attorney set up a meeting and so we we set up a meeting and then uh tone comes in and uh <laughs> I'm telling too much, but it's all good. It's funny. So, <laughs> so, so, look, so, uh, we set up a meeting and then, uh, tones with me. It's my brother, Stephen Lowe, yeah. Snoop's attorneys, new attorneys. It's like four or five of them. And a girl, a girl comes in with them. So, you know, everybody's handing out cars, you know, it's like Craig Marshall's first time. He's, he was a priorities attorney. Now I think he's Interscope's attorney. He walks in and, uh, they're like, oh, all right, okay, so who are you? Who are you? And then they get to Tony. He's like, I'm Tony Lane. I, uh, I, you know, I'm the CEO of Shepherd Lane Records. And then Craig Marshall, uh, he said, no, he said, I'm Tony Lane. I'm Black Tone. Uh, I'm the CEO of Shepherd Lane Records. And Craig Marshall doo-dooed his pants, bro. He was For like, real? he was like, oh, we just did a song with with Roscoe and, and Quick. And he was like, yeah, where's my effing money at? They said, time out, off the record. We need to go off the record. So they went off the record, you know, because everything's transcripted, like you right, said. Right. So off the records means shush, like I'm supposed to be doing now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So they went off the record, and then they come back, and it's like, hey, man, we're going to have a check, to, a check uh, for you tomorrow in, in 24 hours. Right? Got worked out. Just like that. Man. Just like that. Three years, four years, something like that. Yeah, and, you, uh, would, you would think that they would just, instead of going through the rigmarole, why not just work it out in the front end? That's what you hope for, and that's why you try to be good and do the right thing, right? But right. hey, man, sometimes I guess you got to rattle the cage a little bit. You I know? mean, that's true, too. People mess with you unless you show them that, hey, you, you mess with me, I'm going to go the full distance. So oh, was yeah. this was this towards the last lawsuit, or was this the beginning of no, all that the was, other lawsuits? No, that was the beginning. That was beginning. The beginning? And then yeah. you started God, having man. to sue all sorts of people? Yeah, well, well you know, so what happens is... uh. Priority is the label. Uh, the album was dropped on No Limit, so you—they're all tied into it. Sure. You know, they're all tied into. It. They're all one big part of the lawsuit. Uh, so yeah, uh, it was a—it was a trip. It was a trip. And then uh, I was still going and making music and still working with them because uh, you know I, I was having fun. Like I said, I wasn't—I wasn't in it to, to for the money. It was like, man, this is cool, but if money comes, cool. And if you guys are all driving Mercedes Benzes and and I don't have nothing, that's not fair. When I'm the guy that's making the beat you're rapping on, just right. take care of me. I don't, I'm not asking for nothing crazy. Just give me what whatever it says I should get. Give me that. The crazy part is, and I'm not saying in this situation, yeah. just generally. Yeah. And this is Chumahumbo and the Indian saying this shit. So if you want to get mad at me or try to fuck with me, go ahead. Not anyone else. The thing is, is that. For some reason, in a lot of these different artist industries, the reasonable person that says, hey, I'm not really trying to take what I'm not entitled to, so just take care of me and I'm going to fucking blah, blah, blah. For some reason, that's the person they try to fuck. And then the person that is out of their mind and just crazily narcissistic and asking for way too much and overreach, 
that's the person they seem to cater to. It's true. It's weird. Yeah, it sucks because you're trying to be a good man at the end of the day, you know? You're right. trying to be a good man. You're trying to be stand-up person. And, right. And they don't they don't get that. And I think that's part of the hood mentality, you know? It's like like it's it's uh everybody's out for themselves. So when they see somebody that's generous, they want to take advantage. Does right. Sense? It does make yeah. sense. But I, I think it's also maybe it's just a capitalist or American mentality. I love the country. I don't I'm not saying that, but it's a, no country is above reproach. Right. And I'm just saying that maybe it's the business models, too. Right. It's like, right. I'm going to take care of mine. And if you right. don't do whatever and if you're going to be reasonable, then I'm going to fuck with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also, man, I think it has to do with, you know, you're giving, you know, kids in the hood, you know, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars who've never had that. You know what I mean? It's a big deal. Yeah, man. It's a game changer for them. So mm -hmm. they'll do anything for it. A lot of them, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, so I, I didn't even get mad at Goldie. I call, I called him and was like, yo, bro, you're my brother. I grew up with you. I said, I would never do that because that's not who I am, but I forgive you. I forgive so you. how do you have this transcendent ability? Because you do, you come in and it's, it's interesting. You, you, you worked with all these folks. You're from a certain area and everything, but you don't come off as any of that at all, at all except just to do that down to have fun and fucking what's going on right now. How do you, where does that come from? Man, dude, just getting along, bro. It's so easy to be good, you know? For me, anyhow, you know, it's just try to try to be fair, try to treat everybody good and give everybody a benefit of the doubt. But the laughter you yeah. laughed on this show. Yeah. So check like this 10 out. Times already. Here, here it goes, bro. Treat people how you want to be treated. The golden rule. Simple and plain. Man. Simple. And do people plain. ever get mad that you're so happy and you're laughing? Oh, like, do people I, I go know. like, I'm so happy. I'm laughing? not paying attention, dude. Right. Right. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. <laughs> I can care less. When did, when did, so tell, <laughs> tell us, tell us, uh, how, Tito, how did, how did the transition happen from you coming from music into what you're doing now? Like, okay, how did okay. that come to be? I'll, I'll give you a little quick uh, transition. So when I left the, 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 the West Coast uh, scene, right, I started a band called The Pricks. And we were cracking, bro. Great name. We were cracking, dude. We were everywhere. What kind of we, music? Uh, um, like it's kind of mig punk rock mixture, hip hop, a little bit of everything. You guys know Tommy Hilfiger's son, Rich Hill. Yep. He has, oh yeah. He has Steve, pricks. You know that guy. He has pricks tattooed on the side of his head. There's tons of. There you go. That's one of our songs. So K Rock picked us up, and they started playing it, right? Yeah. So I left the rap, the the West Coast rap scene because I had a daughter, bro. And I got tired of hearing that women are this and women are that. And, you know, it's like it's, it was a bummer to me, even though I had five sisters and a mom and never hit me until my you have daughter. daughter. I was like, me. wait, time out. My daughter ain't that. Well, you crazy. You know, that, that that hit me about two years and eight months ago. There you go. Right? All of a sudden, that ain't that funny. Hey. Yeah, exactly. You're like what? Not my daughter. You know, <laughs> right? Right. So I left and I created this band and we started touring. We started uh, going all over the country. Uh, we entered a contest. It was called LA Invasion. 50,000 bands uh, entered, and uh, we ended up winning. And K Rock picked us to play the uh, Home Depot Center. It used to be called that. Yeah. So we were the opening act, and then uh, we just started going, bro, and people started following. Yep. That's us and Be Real. Right here? Yeah. You and Be Real? Yeah. It's called Ghetto Blaster. Yeah. Yeah. Great fucking track names. Too. I got a Ghetto Blaster. I got an 88. Since age 12, I was diagnosed a mental case. Mm. I got a Ghetto Blaster. I got an 88. Since age 12, I was diagnosed a mental case. You know, I'm looking at the artwork here on Spotify, and it's fucking dope. Who did the artwork? It was Tim, uh, was Wade, he uh, Wade Hexburg. 
tattoo artists. Fucking but we dope. have a bunch of, you know, that was when like the tattoo phenomenon started. Everybody was doing mm. it. Remember that? It was yeah. like 2004, 2009, right? So we had Tim Hendricks, who's a legend, right? right he was yeah. doing all kind of pieces for us. Mm. So we had, and then when Tim started drawing, bro, it was like everybody started donating art to us. And, uh, you know, it, but it, but the music was like an oxymoron. The, the name is crazy, but the music is positive, you know? Sure. So we've always pushed like the positive, the positive image, the, pos- the positive uh, message. And how did that band then, this this positive band, almost kind of rebellious positive, yes, right? Yes, yes. How does that move into Hood, Hood Santa? Uh, you know, uh, Brophy, who was the lead vocalist, got married and uh, he had a, a baby and he got uh, started wanting to be family and do family. And I also... That's I started having a change of heart. I started thinking about how poor I was as a kid and the stuff I didn't have and how can I help children that are that were in a position like I was, right? Right. And give back. So I started thinking about all that. So I gave up music to uh help families and I created a nonprofit that I'm the director of uh, called Local Hearts Foundation. Local Hearts. Yep, Local Hearts Foundation. How long ago was this? Loco or local? Uh, t- the Hood Santa will be twelve years local hearts foundation. Has been a, 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 a org now. I think maybe five years. Okay. So yeah, it all started from that. Thinking about, uh, you know, I didn't have Thanksgiving. Who cares about the holiday? But I didn't have Thanksgiving till my aunt married a white man. Okay. Wow. And he was a bus. Wow. <laughs> he wow. was a. I was a teenager. He was a bus driver. He used to drive the Long Beach Transit bus. Anaheim was the street. And one day they invited us over for Thanksgiving, and we walked in there and they had all this food, bro. And I was like, Yo, what? Like, what is all this food? Like, that's a big old chicken. You know, it was a turkey. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, yo, what is this? You yeah, know, that's Pablo. mashed potatoes. Pablo, yeah, you yeah. know, mashed potatoes, all this stuff. So I thought about how happy we were, you know, to break bread as a family together, you know? Yeah. Because that was my very first one. I was a teenager. So I said, man, I think every family should be able to do that. But most families can't afford that. So it's either they pay the, the rent, excuse me, they pay the rent, they pay a bill, or they buy a meal. So... We decided to remove that bill and buy them uh, meals and, uh, you know, to save that money to pay a bill. You know what I mean? So listen to this. Localheartsfoundation.org. And it's everything spelled exactly how it's supposed to be spelled. Localheartsfoundation.org. And I'm looking at your website about Local Hearts Foundation started with the goal of reaching out to the hearts of the community to create a culture of love. The foundation aspires to build bridges of opportunity for everyone while motivating our youth to become involved in civic change. That's wow, it. I like that. That's I love fucking it. heavy. It's, it's working, dude. So we've been helping some kids for uh, 10, 12 years. We have some kids that we visited. So this is what I would do, right? Yeah. I would say, hey, I would post on social media. My social media is the Hood Santa, right? Hey, Hood Santa's going out. If you know any kids that need help, let me know. Right? Yeah. Dude, I would get hundreds of messages. Oh, my little nephew, my cousin. I said, okay, there's a catch. They got to have good grades. Right. Right? Right. So then you're like, okay, these kids have killer grades, but they're in the hood. Right? Yeah. So you're like, all right, let's go reward them. And then as you get a little bit uh, uh, deeper into it, you start hearing, hey, bro, I got two little nephews. They're amazing kids. My brother's doing life in prison. And my mom's stuck with them. My mom's 68. She don't got no money to buy them nothing for Christmas. Can you do a zapato? Can you come help out? Can you do something cool for them or whatever? And you're like, send me their grades. And it's 4.0 GPA. And you're like, what? What do they want? Well, one of my nephews wants to be an architect. And he walks to the library. And it's dangerous at night. He comes home about 8. Like, man, we're afraid something. Can you get him a computer? 
done. What about your other nephew? What is that? Well, he's a skater, bro, and he also wants to do this. It's like, all right, bro, let's buy them both computers. Let's hook them up with Diamond Supply or whoever's donating to us at the time. Yeah. Let's get him some shoes. And then there's one brother that I might be doing so good, right? You know, right. so, so what we does go. He get? Hold on. So I'm <laughs> about to tell you. So we walk in there, dude, and we're like, all right, hey, uh, this Joe and Johnny, where yeah. you at? Yeah. Pull up. They're like, hey, Joe, you know, I'm in a Santa suit. You know, yeah. we set it up. Don't tell them. We're going to surprise them. I'm going to knock on the door at 830. Make sure they open the door. Do, 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 do. They open the door. There's Mexican Santas there, right. bro. They're tripping. They're that like, ain't Santa Claus. Yeah, you know, they're like, what's going on? Hey, wait. Hey, Joe, Johnny. Man, I heard you guys were amazing kids, so check it out, bro. There's always somebody watching. Somebody reached out to us and told us you guys are incredible and that you want to be an architect. So guess what? We got you a MacBook Pro. And wow. they're like, what? Wow. Really? And and then we heard you ripping skating. So Diamond's giving you, you know, 50 shirts, 40 sweaters, and we got you a laptop, you know, an iPad or whatever. Uh, we got you some shoes. And now, now little Jacob, come here. It's like, dude, you blew it. Bro, all you had to do was do what your brothers are doing, and you would have got laced, dude. He's like, mm. No, we say here's a couple shirts. You know, we still right, a couple but hats. inspire him, inspire him to shirts. do something. Right. No, that's, that's right. That's the key, right? Right, there. but he's got to feel a little bad about it, so that oh, he wants to work. For dude, it. he's making a face, bro. Yeah, he's like, like, listen, little Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, like your sister got a MacBook Pro, <laughs> yeah, and your brother yeah. got a diamond, and we screen. got a pack of crayons for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do here's better. a T-shirt. Yeah. Now next year. <laughs> yeah. So check this out. So during the rest of the year. They send me messages. Little Johnny's on me. Yo, Hussana, I got D's now. I'm like, come on, bro. Ain't going to cut that it. That ain't. I told you what I want to see. I know, but I'm just I'm just telling you I'm trying. Hussana, I got C's now. Yeah. Oh, you're getting better, bro. You're getting better. When you get to those A's and whatever you want, I got you. Uh, oh, right. I got two A's and three. Nope. I told you, bro, you need to be like your brothers. You're, follow your brother's examples. They're working hard. If they could do it, you could do it. You're in the same house. Yeah. So if they could do it, you could do it. So I don't want to hear that you can't do it. You're just lazy. Uh-huh. Or you ain't yeah. drip, right? Yeah. So I just yeah. tell them the truth. And then, hood Santa, guess what? Yeah. I got all A's. Well, check this out, Johnny. What do you want? Can you give me a MacBook Pro like my brother? Man, I want to learn how to design. I want to. Done. I'm going to show up tomorrow. We go and bless them, we, you know, and then. That's dope, dude, bro. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. It, because, How did the Hood Santa name come? Because dude, you were showing up like yes. Santa? <laughs> so in the very beginning, 12 years ago, I teamed up with a bunch of companies and they gave me stuff. And Diamond was the, one of the first ones. Nick, man, mad, mad love to Nick. Shout out to Nick. Nicky, Big shout man, out yeah, to Nick. Nick Diamonds. He, uh, he, I said, Nick, I want to give some stuff. Well, come up to the warehouse. So he gives me a box, thousands of socks thousands of shirts and i'm like yo like this is gonna be rad but didn't know what i was doing we went and bought toys and had a bunch of homies follow me in vans and trucks and reached out to the other different did you get like a, a low rider pulled by reindeer and you were sitting no in i the got back? one now though yeah. Yeah, i got one now so i drove around through all the neighborhoods and long beach is a racial you know yeah you know, it's super racial it's a city that's got multicultural so anytime there's multicultural the blacks are going to fight the Mexicans. Mexicans are fight the blacks. The Asians are going to fight the blacks. The blacks are, it's a, they're just fighting. And whites going to fight everybody. For no reason. Right. You no, know, it's silly. So one day we're just jumping out. Hey, how you doing? We got some diamond. We got some clothes, some toys for your children. Sometimes they're like, yeah, 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 we'll take it. Some people get happy, you know? <laughs> so we jumped out on this little black kid pushing his daughter on a stroller, bro. 
And so we jump out on him, and it's all Rasa pretty much with me, right? Yeah. Dude runs for his life, bro. Uh, Pushing his dollar. He, he thought we were going to get him. Yeah. You're like, yo, bro, stop, stop. We got diamond supply. And this is diamond was hot, right? Yeah. And he's like, he turns around. He's like, you got diamond supply? <laughs> like, you know, and he does a 360, and he comes back like, he's like, yo, man, I thought you guys were going to jump me, bro. I was terrified for me and my daughter. So then when I got back in the car, my buddy, HJ, my partner in the nonprofit who, who started with me says, yo, T, bro, you need a suit or something, bro, because what if you jump out and you get killed? Right. So I hopped on eBay. Same, the same. We're talking. I went and well, bought Do it. you get the beard? Did you get the beard? Check it out. You're going to hear it right now. Okay. <laughs> I grow it out. You grow out. No, 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 no. Wow, no, man. No, no. So, so I, uh, I, I hopped on there and, and bought like a twelve dollar Santa suit, paper mache. You know, it was like sticking to me. And then, <laughs> dude, I didn't know what I was doing. Cotton ball beard. You yeah, know, it's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I go to yeah, Take me ser- some crazy. Yeah, ser- right, right. seriously. So I, I like I, a I, melted ketchup <laughs> bottle driving yeah. around. Yeah. So then I drive to Seventeenth and Want Apparel. Yeah. And that's where all the uh, apartments are at. Wherever there's apartments, is low-income uh, families, right. yeah. uh, underserved families. So I pull up, bro, and this little kid sees me. I'm in black jeans, uh, a Santa jacket, and codball beard, bro, and a little Santa beard, <laughs> Santa uh, hoodie, bro. And he's like, he's going nuts. He's like, Santa, yo, yo. Yeah. He's telling all his buddies, I knew Santa come was out. Real. No, no, come right. out. Come out. He's telling everybody, bro. He's on the second floor of an apartment telling, knocking on the door. Come outside. Come outside. He's telling all his boys. Yeah. So he runs straight to me, bro. And he goes, he pats me on the chest and he goes, hey, man, you're the hood Santa because Santa don't come over here. Mm. Wow. Yeah, the hood Santa. Got it. Got it, brother. So I was like, yo, bro, this kid probably gets nothing. They probably tell him Santa don't stop over here. Or something. Santa ain't don't exist. Right. Uh, maybe. Or Santa missed your house. Yeah. North Pole's too far away from here. Yeah, yeah, so dude, that instantly I was like, I know a lot of people. I need to reach out to my friends and ask for help. Not for me, for them. Right. So that's right. when I started reaching out. Hey man, let's do some good. Let's help these kids. Let's you know, let's let's give back to these families and, and now we we we're gotten to a point where we got Manny Pacquiao Foundation helps us, McDonald's, Home Depot, uh Wow. Diamond, That's awesome, uh, That's fucking phenomenal. Big Sleeps is a big, big advocate, big supporter of what we do. Uh, gosh, there's, there's a long, there's a long list of, of of help, you know that that we've. I'm watching, hey man, I'm watching you. In the time that I've been following you, I'm watching you grow. I'm watching yeah, you grow, man, and I'm brother. watching more people align with you. And I attribute that because you're consistent, bro. You're yeah. consistent in what you do, man. Yeah, you know. I, I, one is this you gotta have game okay mm-hmm. but your work ethic has gotta beat your mouth okay you know your work ethic so, yeah yeah it's gotta be all your about mouth. your actions because if not you're just a liar yeah you can talk and there's all day. a lot of those around yeah. if you, Bro, i want to tell you right now yeah i've told so many people about the michael kors bag oh that was and fun. i've had so i've i've sent so many people to see it because I grew up with women in my house, you know, and um, and I've looked out on my own for single women or uh, hardworking women that clean homes and they're, yeah. and, they're, and, they're, yeah. and they're taking care of a whole family. And, and I have like a, a, a 
and they don't complain, dude. And they have the weight of everything on them. And I have like this compassion yeah. for women. Yeah. And when I saw what you guys were doing with the bags, man, these expensive bags and, and giving them out to the women that you that you went around to, I, I just I was like I, I was like, dude, I just love that, yeah, man. You're the man, thank you. Because brother. they because women sometimes in this world they get forgotten about, you know, and it's yeah. Mother's Day is like without our sometimes. mothers. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So I just thought that that was fantastic that you would take the time to remember mothers on Mother's Day. Yeah, man. man. I had a buddy reach out to me, Lester, who's a big uh, donor too. Shout out to uh, Singer Realty Group. And he said, yo, Tito, what are we doing for Mother's Day? I was like, what do you want to do? He said, let's go buy some purses. Let's go. So we teamed up. We bought, dude, like 25 Michael Kors purses. We ended up giving them to street vendor moms that are just on the street selling flowers. We hop up. Hey, senora, how you doing? Yeah. Oh, como te está yendo? How's it going? You know? And they're like, oh, I sold, you know, three Three bouquets today. Well, check it out. You got kids? Yeah, I got four. Well, you know what? We got a purse for you. And they're like, really? And then, you know, they see it's an expensive purse, something that they've probably dreamt about or wish right. they could buy right, or something. Right, right. But yeah. Exactly. Then we give it to them, and they're just, man, they're so they're so generous and so grateful. It's It feels wonderful to yeah, see them course. smile. Of you course, know? bro. I love that, man. Really, I mean, it's the work you do. I love all of it, man. I watch the videos and watch it. But that really hit me like, man, dude, you know. Yeah, thank you, It is just special, man. Yeah, I appreciate Lucky. Lucky's the man. He sends me so many positive messages. And, uh, I, you know, as men, we need to do that. Iron sharpens iron. We all know that. Uh, absolutely. So when I get those messages, I get fired up. You know, I'm like, that's right. You know, because yeah. I need that. Because sometimes people, you know, we're on the go. We're on the go. We're on the go. And then, you, you know, you can burn out, too. And then when you sure, get when you get sure. those those messages, like you know, refuel. You're like, all right, cool. I got. Yeah, I want to get cookies. I want to get cookies involved. I don't want to. Cookies are going to get involved. Let's in, do it. You know, Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. We've absolutely. been giving out bulletproof vests to street vendors. We've been. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that we live in a time when that's that's something? Dude, that he should put a video up. Yeah, where a fucking street vendor gets shot. It's so yeah. crazy because because you know street vendors, as you guys, as we all fucking know. They're hardworking people. Yeah, they're not right, out there bro. causing a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! And that's the American dream. You yeah. come here, right? No matter how humble, and if you're willing to fucking put some elbow grease into something, you can have your own business and build it up. And then to have people like do that kind of bullshit. Yeah, you know, it's one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. You know I that, believe right? that. I know that, man. Yeah, so I did I, not know I, that. I did some data. Some data in from t- since 2013 to 2021, which is when I first started. Or 2020, it was during COVID. 2020, the uh, increase in uh, in crime against street vendors had gone up 383 percent. Yeah, and and I'm gonna tell you Fuck. something. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. And this is serious. I just got done reading a an article, uh, a, an academic article. Mm-hmm. The question of the academic article was: Does spending more money on social programs from a government standpoint save? Or cost the government more. And after 25 fucking pages of doing all the data crunching numbers, and we're talking about accountant motherfuckers, not like political dickwads. They came down and said, actually, the whole reason why crime has gone up in the last two years Mm -hmm. is because everybody's paycheck has gotten way smaller or they're out of work. And they were able to show a direct court and sounds simple, but for whatever reason, our political class makes it complex. But the truth is, when COVID lockdown, everyone loses their money or they're not getting paid like they used to. Street crime, theft, killing, taking, whatever goes way up. 
And they said that they can show also directly that when you pay for social programs, meaning that people get better welfare services, better medicine, and they're not so stressed out about economics, crime goes way down. Really? Absolutely. I mean, I'm just saying it's it's in the literature, and this is something that they actually understand at the policy level. It's not a new idea. They know this. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it's actually government waste to incarcerate, mm-hmm. deal with emergency situations, lose all the people. That, all that stuff costs taxpayer money too. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But they don't talk about that. They just right. talk about like, oh, this myth, mythological welfare person that's rich with eight cell phones that is yeah, traveling right, the right, world right, with right, months. Right, you're right. like, that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. So when you're not helping people out, Right, and this is not to make any justification for anyone who does anything to street vendors, because right. regardless, you right. shouldn't do that. Right. But when you're not helping people out the way Hood Santa is, right, right, people feel economically stressed. That stress level, especially in men, because we still are under the uh, concept that we're supposed to be providing, mm-hmm. causes us to do violent or criminal acts to try to make those ends meet. That's terrible. Yeah. That's what we're doing in yeah. this country. Yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, so man, I'm advocating for them, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm yeah. getting to the policymakers. I got a I got a meeting set up with Senator Lena Gonzalez. Mm. She's pushing a bill to uh, make uh, selling, uh, getting them permits easier. And right. I said, well, timeout. That's great and that's wonderful. But how about making a hate law, a hate crawl, a hate crime. A hate crime law for them too, you know, because they are being targeted. Mm-hmm. And they are being called names. There's proof of that. Right. Right. So right. that fits under hate crime. I wow. said, second That's thing. true. Second thing. How about let's figure out how to take away the name street vendor and let's call it micro business. Let's That's change a good that. Idea. Let's change that because, you know, why do we got to call them that? That's something you guys created. Right. Right. right, right let's right. change that. Let's make them a business, which hey, they are because something. to the local economy where they're at, they're spending all that money they're getting. They're spending it. Back, Back into in the, the community. community. So yeah, they are true. kicking in on taxes. Yep. Of course. And let me tell you something else. Now let's get real. Let's just stop fucking uh, bullshitting ourselves. The truth is, is that Carl's Jr. Okay. Started out as a street vendor. Okay. Mm. That motherfucker started out with a hot dog cart. It became two hot dog carts. It became two. And now it's this fucking Fukakta fucking right. place everywhere you go. Yeah. But the point is, is that there's no shame. American... There's nothing more American than a street vendor. Yeah, for sure. Almost for sure. half of the businesses that you think are blue chip fucking stocks started out as street vendors. For sure. So, you, so go ahead. Did you know our our people our our people are the only culture that street vends? What do you mean by that? Look around. Who do you see street vending? I mean that's true, especially in this area, right? In this part of the country. California. Sure. Right. California. Somebody brought that to my attention, so that was another thing that I brought up was like, okay, so they're being targeted, right? Yeah. So hate does apply, right? For so sure. I'm trying to I'm trying to advocate for that, you know. And I gave them bulletproof vests. It's not that I want to give them bulletproof vests. Mm. It's really to make a subtle statement. Statement. Yeah. Sure, do you sure, really sure. want our vendors to wear bulletproof vests with Kevlar? It's crazy. What are you not doing? You're right, failing. right. Where are you failing? You're failing. Well, well, and I'm gonna take it to another another level, which is to say this. So the whole point about spending on social programs that actually draws down. So the, the group of people who might right now be angry at someone from another country or dis, is descendant from somebody that's perceived as from another country. I'm not going to get into the border discussion. We right, all understand right, right. that. But the point of the matter is, is 
somebody that is entrepreneurial and highly visible on the street might upset or trigger the racism in somebody who feels like opportunities are being stolen, right. which is not true. No. Right. Right. If the social programs and the education was better for those poor whites also, so yeah, that yeah. they didn't feel like it was being taken away from them, even though that's a lie, that's the way it's couched, that's how it's told to them. Mm -hmm. If that was set up so that they had better support, they wouldn't feel or you would bring down the hostility that that seeing a street vendor right, is right. doing to that person. Right, right. And so all the way around, I think, along with what you're saying, is I actually think also we need to spend a little bit more money on having more people monitoring. Yeah. Right? Well, on top of that, they're easy targets, bro. They right. got cash in hand. That's they're, right. They're vulnerable. They're immigrants, a lot of them. Uh, they're 70. I had a, uh, We helped out a vendor out that was 78 years old. They got his teeth knocked out. Man, you know, so what? Horrible. You know, how can he defend himself for one, right? Right. So you're, you're, you're. So part of my thing you're is finding and picking people to to target, target. Yep. for you know sure. I mean? And 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 that is also just so that we're clear too. Mm -hmm. Like that is also a little bit, and it's sad to say, an American trope as well. For sure, it doesn't have to be necessarily sure. Latin, but Italian sure. street merchants, sure. yeah, Asian yeah, yeah, yeah. street merchants, yeah. right? Yeah. they've always of kind of course. been a vulnerable group because yeah. they're out there. Dude, it's a dangerous job, bro. Which super. Which means that I also think, and as much as we are critics of the police, mm -hmm. and I am. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we need also better protection for everybody. For sure. Like a, a better group, better trained people, maybe more. And not everybody working overtime. When these fucking cops work overtime, yeah. they're stressed out and fucking Agitated, crazed out of their yeah. minds. And they're not doing their fucking job. They're hiding out, sleeping in the car. I was listening to a podcast about cops sleeping in their car overnights because it's just too much shit for them to do. And that leaves a lot of people vulnerable. For sure. And yeah. I'm not sure. counting... That there's crooked cops all over the place. Oh, yeah. That part too. Okay. Let's uh, Tito. Can you <laughs> let's uh, Tito? Can you um, let everybody know our listeners where they can find you on Instagram, how they can go to your website, and how sure. they can get involved and help you? Oh man, yeah, that's easy. So my Instagram is at the Hood Santa, and then the foundation's Instagram is at Local Hearts Foundation. If you want to learn more about the foundation, just go to uh, Local Hearts Foundation. Uh, dot org and uh, you'll be able to read our mission statement uh, there's a donate button uh, there if you want to help uh, monetary if you want to come on volunteer there's info there for you to sign up and volunteer we got a big backpack uh, event coming up in August and we're trying to do about 1500 backpacks fill the school supplies so if you guys want to come on volunteer and give us a hand come on down man I love that you guys man local hearts foundation okay dot org you guys need to get their brands that are listening right now Cookies, Supermax is certainly going to get behind and start making some donations. If you can't donate product, you can donate money. If you can't donate that, you can go down there and donate your time. Let's help out at Hood Santa. Start right there, and let's get behind this guy, man. I'm just so glad that you came down today, yeah. man. I love yeah. what you're doing, man. Thank you're you making boys. a difference. Absolutely. And we support you. Send us your flyers yeah, so we can post yeah. them up on our platforms sure. and get behind you like that as well. Sure. Um, can, dude. Fantastic today, man. Just glad you're here, Beautiful. brother. Excellent. Thank this you, guys. Avon um, Bone LLP. We wear braids to court. Let the Tomahawks fly. The best legal representation that money can buy. And Sean at movemental.media for all your audio and podcasting needs. And don't forget, friends. Friends. 
www.hardluckshow.com. That's right, www.hardluckshow.com. Come on. Go check it out. Go check out the buy tab and hit us up, hit us up on Gumroad. HLS, that's Hard Luck Show, HLS at gumroad.com. Nice. For the pro, proto episodes. Those are the episodes that are so hard, so crazy, so evil, we couldn't even load them up. And we made a uh, we made an episode of just... Just now. Well, the other one, the preview. Oh, we got music previews that we're going to be releasing. If you want to, you know, jiggle your tidbits and get a little... Wiggle Woggle and listen to what old Blue Eyes, Chumahan, and Big Lux think about certain old ass tracks and just fucking around. If you like fucking around, then you're going to want to check this shit, shit out. You want to hear about Neil Diamond? You want to hear some shit about Neil Diamond and Barbara Streisand? She, she yeah. That's right. HLS at gumroad.com. She yeah. Okay. Uh, Supermaxhardware.com, cookiessf.com. Uh, Supermax is dropping a summer capsule collection, so keep your eyes open. And, uh, you know, check out Cookies LA, uh, Cookies SF, Vibes Papers. And uh, big shout out to Enzo's Pizzeria. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to Candle Buds, Lofty and everybody at Candle Buds. They're a big sponsor of ours. Uh, the Soul Assassins. Oh. Esteban Oriel, DJ Muggs, Mr. Cartoon. You guys sending you a big shout out. The City of Santa Monica, Alex and Oscar at the PYFC, Pico Lita Family Center. Thank you. Also, Pulpo Beard Oil. Shout out to Calco. Best beard oil in the business. <laughs> and Big Pick Mike, you're up. The greatest, greatest for his pictures. Yeah, thank you, brother. And shout out to my family. Hard luck show. Everybody here on the show. So say many thanks and have me on here, man. We are out of here. At the Hood Santa. Okay? On Instagram. Get involved. Get helping and support my brother. Thanks yeah. for coming down, Tito. I appreciate you guys. Hasta la vista from the Hard Luck Show. That's some heavy shit, man. I've been smoking since I was born, man. I can smoke anything, man. Hijo de la chingada. Talk, talk it out, man.